Welcome to From the Back Tees, a podcast where we tee it up from the back every week. Welcome to the From the Back Tees podcast. Today's Tuesday, August 10th. We got a special guest for you guys. But before we get to it, we want to let you guys know about our sponsor, Ghost Golf. They're our partner who specializes in golf accessories and clothing. They've developed a magnetic towel, which will soon become your seven iron's best friend and your greenside caddy. Ghost Golf is an innovative company when it comes to golf accessories, just recently releasing their anyday golf bag and of anything from hats to golf tees for your needs. Check out Ghost Golf at ghostgolf.com and sign up today to receive their newsletter and be up to date on their latest releases and golf news. Well, everyone, we had a big week of golf, two tournaments. That just went down. We got the crew back together, but this week we got a special guest. You know, it's been it's been a while to figure out the uh, to coordinate things. But Nolan, I'll let you do the introduction. Yeah, thanks, Zach. Um, I just once I love when you say Tuesday. I love recording on Tuesdays because I love to hear you say Tuesday like you Canadian. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, Zach. Yeah, we've got a great guest on. Um, Keith Bennett is with us. Keith, nice to have you on. Um, Keith, Keith's a PGA Tour uh, professional teaching pro. And to be honest, probably, I mean, you got to check. I'm going to plug his Instagram right now. You got to check out his Instagram because, I mean, simply enough, like he puts so many videos out that just like are small little things that you got to do. And you can become like a good golfer by just watching his videos. That is my like just – unfiltered opinion of uh keith a friend like probably led me on to your videos and uh, i watch them all the time now but keith why should i introduce you let's let you uh, what's the handle first before we get to it yeah what uh go ahead give the world uh your instagram handle any any other selfish plugs you want to put in there (laughs) Well, uh, first off, fellas, thanks for having me on. Uh, Nolan, thanks for tracking me down. I know we've been back and forth on uh, in the DMs there trying to figure this out, so I'm glad that I could officially make it onto the podcast. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, very kind of you, uh, those words. I, I really appreciate it. And uh, the Instagram handle for anybody out there is at Keith Bennett Golf, at Keith Bennett Golf, all one word. Uh, come on over and check it out. But, uh, yeah, it's been a crazy ride. I uh, started the Instagram about – uh, just a little short of five years ago, uh, after my wife told me that I should probably do it, it'd probably be a good idea. And I was like a little hesitant at first. I was like, I don't know if there's any value in this thing. Uh, I'll try it out. Did it for a little bit, kind of fell off for a minute and then got back onto it really consistent and just kind of put together more of a consistent plan to put out videos on a more regular basis. And then obviously whenever you get consistent with something, you tend to get a little bit better at it. You form a habit of doing it and you just you just find what works and what doesn't and you kind of find your try to find your unique voice within uh, an industry that has a, a lot of uh, influences already uh, but it's been it's been a lot of fun and obviously it's helped me to meet you know guys like yourself and talk with a, a lot of other really cool people in the industry so very grateful for all the opportunities and uh, looking forward to whatever's on the horizon just like just like a golf swing man you got to keep practicing keeping at it and it sounds like that's exactly what you did and uh i mean i don't i don't seek out any other help on instagram or social media i'm always just checking out keith bennett golf and looking at the tips every day man you're at it every day and it's always good stuff whether it be short game long game mental game you're all you're all about it so thank you so much for everything you do (laughs) Keith, where where are you at now keith golf course wise I am in a, in a town called Newcastle, Washington, which is about 25 minutes east of downtown Seattle. So I live downtown Seattle, and I commute out there every day, uh, about a 25-minute ride east. Yeah. And uh, I'm at a public facility with two 18-hole golf courses, really, really unreal property, actually. It sits up on uh, kind of Newcastle Hill, which you can see the entirety of downtown Seattle, um, and uh, Bellevue, which is the Seattle's kind of sister town across the bridge, and uh, a bunch of water and the, the Cascade Mountains, and it's a pretty unreal property, man. It's a it's a great place to work. So that's where I've been I, at for past two years. I gotta ask you: Is uh, is uh, Mark Rochelle still out there? 
You know Rash? Yeah. Oh, yeah. dude, Rashy. When I was when I was six, seven, eight years old, learning to play golf, Harbor Point, Rashy was up there. You know, he got a position up Harbor Point. Him, yeah. I know him and Rob really well. I don't know if you ever met Rob, but Rob's good know, too. I don't, I don't know if I know Rob, but yeah, yeah, Mark's still up there. Um, he's the he's the director of golf now. So yeah, he's been up there for a while. That's brilliant. Good dude, too. Really good yeah, dude. He's awesome. He really helped me get my foot in the door up there, and uh, has been kind of championing me and and uh, really let me just kind of do do my thing and sort of trusted that what I was doing was in for the better of the club. And, and I really appreciate that. Yeah. Keith, tell us a little about a little bit about how you got started in as a teaching pro or what, what ultimately made you fall in love with golf? What, you know, was it a young age or is there, you know, Tiger Woods, of course, was probably an influencer at some point, me being the Tiger guy, I got to shout out <laughs> Tiger Woods, but yeah. yeah, tell us just a little bit about your backstory and what, what got you to where you're at. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I grew up in Stowe, Vermont, uh, over on the east side of the uh, country. And actually, I did everything but play golf. I played tennis, I played soccer, I was a snowboarder, and snowboarding was actually kind of my main passion. And did that semi-professionally at a pretty high amateur level until about 17 years old. Um, I was obsessed with it. I thought that was kind of what I wanted to do. Uh, my parents let me move out to uh, Colorado uh, during the high school years. I actually did half my year of high school online out in Colorado so I could snowboard uh, in some more reliable, predictable weather patterns out there on the West Coast. Uh, so, yeah, snowboarding was my thing. And then I got to about 18 years old. For some reason, I started playing a little bit more golf in the summers when I would come home to Vermont. And uh, with my friends, more people were getting into it. My brother, David, is a PGA professional who is a really good player in his own right. Uh, and so he was always playing golf, and I always looked up to him. So kind of got more and more in the game. And each summer I would go home and work at uh, the golf course that my brother was a uh, head pro at, uh, just, you know, cleaning carts and, and, uh, and you know, uh, checking people in and, and doing the sort of the outside services deal. And then about 18 years old, I got really, really into it. Started watching it more on TV. For some reason, I gravitated more towards it. And actually, uh, watching Rory, uh, a young, young Rory McIlroy was what really hooked me on the game, his golf swing, uh, just seeing somebody younger be really, in, you know, really good. And so that got me into it. Uh, I, I went, to, went to school. Uh, I started at the University of Colorado, Colorado Springs, um, the Colorado Springs campus. I did their PGA program. And then I transferred to New Mexico State uh, after that year. I wanted to go somewhere warmer with more uh, reliable golfing weather. So I transferred to the PGA, PGM program at New Mexico State. Uh, I was there for about three years and uh, walked onto the golf team uh, my senior year. So I played one year of Division I golf, which was an incredible experience. Uh, shout out to Coach Dirks for giving me a, a spot on the team, which was uh, super uh, just incredible opportunity from him. And yeah, from there, I met some really influential people while I was at school. I met uh, Henry Statina, who's one of my closest friends to this day. We talk several times a week about golf and life and instruction and just kind of chit-chatting about whatever. And uh, Ed LeBeau, who was uh, Henry's mentor, and I, I attended a clinic uh, from Ed about, you know, just how to give a golf lesson, which sounds kind of simple, but um, you know, how to, how to actually communicate with people, uh, the right things to say, um, basically just how the brain works, how we learn and how to conduct a, an hour long golf lesson, which I feel like is just kind of overlooked and, and, uh, was one of the biggest, I did that twice. I went to that clinic twice. One of the biggest things I've ever done for my career. Um, and so after that, after school, I, I moved up to Seattle with my, with my then girlfriend, now wife. And uh, I wanted to play golf. I got into it as an assistant professional, but I really wanted to play and see if I could play. So I tried to do that for about a year and a half. Looking back on it, I didn't really have a solid plan put in place, was just kind of winging it. And I uh, was hoping for the best, which was uh, looking back kind of funny, but obviously everything happens for a reason. And uh, once the money dried up from some stuff that I got together for, for playing golf, I, uh, I, I needed to make some money. So I started teaching and, and I uh, found that I had a, had a passion for it and I was good at it. And so that's kind of how, what led me here, here today, but obviously I'm still learning. I'm still growing. Um, you know, certainly just trying to, to influence people the, the best I can to play, 
you know, to play the game and enjoy it as much as I have over the past, uh, you know, probably what is now slightly more than a decade now. So, you know, that's kind of the little three minute version of, of how I got here, but I definitely wouldn't have told you I was going to be a golf, a golf professional when I was 17. I thought, you know, I, I, that was like the last thing on my mind. So it's kind of crazy how you get here. Yeah. yeah. You, you said a couple of different things I want to touch on. One being, um, you were talking about doing online schooling uh, when you went over to Colorado. I'm sure you've had a big, you know, lesson in online teaching now with COVID and yeah. all that. I'm sure it was a crazy curveball, but maybe you've, you know, it's, you've dealt with some sort of online platform before and you're like figuring it out now. And I bet, I bet you're doing it better than, than most um, to be honest. How, how is that? How has COVID really shifted the gear for everyone? Maybe it's been a, a blessing in disguise that now you can reach more people than you could ever have before. Yeah, totally. That's that's a really good point. I mean, I actually got involved in the uh, online lesson thing back in, you know, probably probably three, almost three and a half years ago. I was kind of one of the early people on uh, the Skillist app, which is what I use now. Uh, there was only a handful of people on there. Um, and it was still really growing. And I remember actually when I signed up for the app, uh, the founder of the app actually called me and was like, just wanted to talk about it and, you know, welcome me to the app, you know, it's still super base level and, uh, Baden, uh, Baden Schaff is his name. He's a, uh, PGA professional out of Australia actually. And, um, so yeah, I mean, the online lesson thing, I was doing it again, nothing major, just figured, Hey, this is another way to make some income. Uh, I had a, I had a, like 5,000 followers on Instagram at the time, figured I might be able to parlay and parlay that into a couple of, uh, a couple of subscribers. And, uh, I did have, a, I did have a couple of subscribers early, which motivated me to keep going. I think obviously if it had taken me a while to get a few, it probably would have been a little bit more defeating, but had a few early kept going and, uh, just continued to grow it from there. And then obviously with what's taken place over the past year, year and a half, uh, with more and more people not being able to play golf, but, you know, getting, you know, hitting nets and, 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 you know, hitting stalls and bays installed in their house and still wanting instruction. Uh, it's just magnified the, the ask of people for online instruction. And so to be, have already been established using the app, familiar with it, marketing myself, all that sort of stuff, it, it kind of made that transition pretty sweet for me. I think I, I had them, you know, during the height of the pandemic I had, or, you know, the, during the kind of the lockdown quarantine phase, whatever you want to call it, I had probably the most subscribers I've ever had at that point. And I was still plugging away from my living room. Like I never stopped teaching. I put up a net in my living room and was, and was hitting balls and doing lessons, you know, five, five, six hours a day. So I never stopped. And uh, without online instruction, I wouldn't have been able to do that and uh and just keep going the way i had so i'm still learning how to give online lessons and how to be the most effective with somebody when they're not right in front of you and how to communicate a lot of it is is like teaching the student how to even take an online lesson you know uh how to where to put the camera right for starters that's something you don't even have to think about when you're an in-person yeah. lesson yeah. where to put where to how to film yourself you know so so i can get the best view so i can help them the most so it's uh it's, it's learning as I go, but, but man, I'm, I'm grateful for, for that app because uh, it's really helped add some, some nice income to what I do, but also just to reach a lot more golfers. I was going to say, do you think that COVID actually for you ended up working out towards growing, I guess you would say your brand? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's kind of, sometimes I feel a little guilty there and that like, I, I know a lot of people struggled heavily during, during that time, but it was sort of a perfect storm to be in golf instruction because it was still one of the only sports that a lot of states allowed you to still play because uh, it was outdoors and you could be socially distant. And so they only kind of shut us down for about a month and a half to, for one-on-one for -on -one teaching. And then we got back at it uh, a lot earlier than most businesses. And, uh, and yeah, the online instruction stuff took off and I, and it kind of kept that momentum going till to right now I'm, you know, still have a bunch of subscribers on the app and, and I do, I, I, I do online lessons daily, uh, every, all the time. So, uh, yeah, it definitely helped bolster that business and, and keep it going.
Yeah, and it works for both people. Like you said, I get that you feel guilty. Like, obviously, people struggling during that time. But I know even for my father, he's a huge tennis player, and there were some apps out there that you could record yourself serving the ball. And for free, they would give you, like, a review of your serve and all this. And it's, like, making everyone's life easier. 100%. Yeah, I mean, basically, you had to to adapt, right? You had to learn how to adapt. Otherwise, your business was going to – was kind of, you know, started to suffer. And so – uh, you know, we adapted the best we could. And I think going forward, what everybody got was a little bit of a taste of what could be. And I think what the future of golf instruction might look like a little bit where there probably won't be too long down the road before I'm wearing a VR headset and somebody else is wearing a VR headset. And it'll be like I'm there in person giving them a golf lesson. You know, I don't think that's too far down the down the road. So as a golf instructor, if you're not kind of on that cutting edge trying to learn how to do this stuff I, you know there might be a time where you're kind of falling behind where someone doesn't want to drive 45 minutes to go to a driving range to get a lesson they're like well hell i can get a lesson right here in my in my backyard from one of the best instructors in the world you know why would i drive 45 minutes to the range or 30 minutes to the range and, and wait in line to get a spot at a stall so yeah we'll, we'll see what happens but i think i think as golf instructors, you, you got to try to figure out what's coming around the corner. So online instruction isn't going away. I'll tell you that. Sure. For sure. Um, Keith, we got a couple. Go ahead. I have a question. Do you, uh, have you, you know, I'm thinking about the, the Northwest section. Yeah. Just kind of thinking about the guys in the area, you know, some of the guys, you know, Darren Black or Brian Thornton, whoever, but for how sure. impressive is Costin, man? Jeff Costin at that age, did he still fucking going? Yeah, it's pretty insane, man. I mean, I spend as much time as I can with him. Uh, I drive up a couple hours north to play golf with him every chance I get because uh, he's definitely been one of the bigger influences on my, you know, playing career, my my mindset. Uh, just just being around him, you're like, okay, you know, this is how this is how a successful tournament golfer thinks. This is how a champion thinks. You know, he does things differently. You know, he's basically oh, yeah. like, you know, he's kind of cultivated this. Jeff Costin, you know, almost like bigger than life sort of person. And you sense that when you're around him, you're like, wow, this guy believes that he's going to win all the time or that, you know, that there's really nothing that's going to prevent him from doing what he wants to do. And you're like, man, you know, I could just take a little bit of that with me, you know, that would probably go a long way. So yeah, man, he's incredible. He's won five or six events already this year. I mean, it's at, you know, mid sixties is just, is just insane. I just would, would be lucky to do that. I mean, the, the, the career that he's put together in that, in that section, it is incredible. Oh yeah. It's, it's legendary stuff, man. I mean, we're, we're talking like, you know, numbers that are never ever going to be taken down as probably, as, probably in any section in the country. None. No, never. I mean, I don't even, he's probably at 50, he's probably at 50, you know, senior, senior, you know, section wins. And, and yeah. I know he's in tw- in the twenties uh, for, you know, just open, you know, the, the open championships that we have, it's just bizarre. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. That, that, doesn't put, that doesn't put past his, you know, he played Nike tour and stuff too, I think for the bite out gone back in the day and actually played in some U S opens and PGA championships and, Oh yeah, he he played on the PGA Tour for a year. He was a he was a full member. He was a senior tour. He was on the Champions Tour for a full year. He's yeah, he's the real deal. Always good to hear Jeff Costin's stories. Friend of the podcast, good guy. So yeah, man, he's he's awesome. Yeah, he's been on he's been on my podcast too. And uh, he he hit me up the other day. He's like, I when are we gonna do another one? So he's he wants to come back on. Yeah, Keith, <laughs> shout out shout tell out your Costin podcast real quick. Yeah, t- tell us we tell us from the back. He says hi, but shout out your podcast real quick. Where can where can we listen to to Keith? Yeah, uh, my like I said, my 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 really good friend Henry and I uh, started a podcast called uh, Straight Shooters Podcast, and uh, uh, we again we kind of got that idea going back, you know, during kind of quarantine time, and and uh, and it's been a lot of fun talking to different people and and just chatting. Uh, Henry and I talk all the time. So they're like, well, we might as well put these conversations out there because uh, we feel like they'd be pretty valuable just for people listening. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a good time, man. And, and uh, the podcast stuff has been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Cool, cool. Speaking of people listening, we got a couple listener questions for you. Um, yes, sir. 
right off the bat here. Uh, at Nikki Dungan on Twitter wants to know your favorite swing on the PGA and LPGA Tour. Oh, man. Well, let's start with the LPGA Tour. Uh, Nelly Corda, holy cow. Uh, oh. Nelly Corda's swing is out of control. Uh, the rhythm, the tempo, the, the flow of it all is just – He means out of control in a good way, guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. It, it's very in control, very in control. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's about as perfect as, as it gets. Uh, and, you know, I've, I've been a Rory-obsessed uh, fan for a while, you know, since I got into the game. Rory, hands down, my favorite swing. Uh, something I've tried to emulate, you know, watch millions of minutes of videos of his swing, just letting it seep into my brain and, and, uh, and doing it in that regard. So uh, Nelly on the LPGA and Rory on the PGA. Yeah, Rory amazes me how a five foot nine guy can lead the yeah. – Tour and driving, strokes gain driving or whatever off the tee every year. And I don't every, get it. Yeah. yeah, you see him in person, you're like, holy cow. I mean, he's built, you know, he's, he's gotten bigger. Um, but I saw him probably probably six, seven years ago at the match play in Arizona. And I was like, that dude's not even, that dude's not a whole lot bigger than I am. I mean, I'm 5'8". I'm not a big person by any means. But I was like, damn, that dude's not very big at all. And he absolutely flushed. It's just insane how far he hits the ball. It's crazy. I walked into him at the Farmers a couple of years back. And I was, like, walking with my dad and these three ladies who clearly were at the golf tournament but knew nothing about golf, walked right by him as we were getting our car. And he's just right next to us. And they thought he was the valet guy. Yeah, he's, 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 he's not an, he's, yeah, he's not an imposing guy. He doesn't really stand out a ton like Brooks might or might like Dustin might, but yeah, it's, it's impressive stuff. Did they hand it, hand him their car keys and say, yeah, you can take this one around the block for us. Yeah, no, he had a, he had a, I'm sure he had a much nicer car waiting for him. Uh, he didn't need theirs. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Another, another one we got is from RR Cheta on Twitter. Um, they're asking favorite golf course to play in the Pacific Northwest and then outside of the Pacific Northwest as well. Oh man. Favorite golf course to play in the Pacific Northwest. I got to go with Chambers Bay. Um, mm. hosted the U S open. Uh, they redid their greens probably two, two, three years ago, maybe. And they're perfect. Uh, I haven't so played them since Keith. Are they, are they real good? They're really good now. It's yeah. it's a golf course now uh, because off the tee, it was always such a fun golf course. Tee to green, it was so fun. And now that you can make putts inside of five, four, five feet because the ball rolls true, it's, it's a blast. So uh, favorite golf course is definitely Chambers Bay. That whole property built into the hillside there on the sand dune uh, overlooking the, uh, the the water there is just, it's just special, man. It's, What's it's really one that – Sorry to cut you off, but what's one of your favorite favorite holes out there? I've got one in mind that I feel like might be a little off the radar of like typical favorite chambers holes, but what yeah. what do you like out there? Uh I like I like uh I like sixteen there on the water up against <laughs> the train track. Uh yeah. I think that's a that's a cool hole. That green is really narrow, requires you to hit a really good approach shot in there and uh I always have that memory of uh, of Spieth making that like thirty five foot putt uh, on that hole, which was just was just insane. So I, I like sixteen. It's it's a cool one. I really, for whatever reason, just love ten. I just love that tee shot and yeah, how everything cool everything just kind of skinnies up that hill. Yeah, and those bunkers on the side are nasty. But that green is cool. It sits in that little. Uh, Sits in that little valley, hills on either side. Yeah, tens a tens a cool hole. I I feel you on that one. Yeah. I've got to go with number eight personally. Eight, yeah. yeah, eight. The par five is sick. That hole's I like that hole. I just like how it sits in that little cliff looking thing there. You know. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and then nine nine from the upper tee box is awesome yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we so many good holes. Course review. Yeah, we're gonna go through the whole thing. Chambers is an awesome right? course. I got yeah. yeah, I got to play it in the winter actually, and it was amazing conditions i don't know how it wasn't raining in washington in february um, yeah. but it was like 55 sunny it was that's perfect that's fortunate for sure so chambers in is my northwest course uh out of the northwest course i mean i'm man my, my home the home course i grew up on country club of vermont uh my brother david is actually the gm there now um it is 
I don't know. I maybe just have incredible memories for me, but like, you know, beautiful mountain vistas, green, green trees in the Northwest in the North uh, East there. And uh, so country club of Vermont, I think it's got a nostalgic feel for me, but it's an awesome design as well. Um, and uh, it's just sit, sits out on this really beautiful property. And uh, I just sitting back on the, on the back porch with the sun, when the sun sets back there, it's just, uh, is phenomenal. So a lot of people might not know that one. Uh, so we probably won't be able to go hole for hole on that one with you guys, but, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, a uh, it, it's got a special place in my heart. Now we know what... Sorry, no, no one go ahead. I was saying now we know what to play when we make it out there someday. Yeah, definitely. You ever no played uh, Pine Valley out there? Oh, go ahead. No, I've never, never had the, never had the, uh, the pleasure. Dude, that'd be incredible. I know. Yeah. One day that's, that's the ultimate bucket lister, I guess. Yeah. Uh, this is a little surprise for you here. The, one of the only courses I've played in the U.S. is Vermont Country Club. What? Really? Listen to this. I was going to save it. What? You said where you're from. I could not believe it. I'm from Montreal. Okay. All right. Yeah. I don't go to the States much. We have our country house, or as you guys like to call our cottage, in Stowe, Vermont, Upper yeah. Hollow Road. Dude, Upper Hollow? Right next to the Pinnacle. Dude, I live in I live in Stowe Hall. I lived I grew up in Stowe Hollow. Oh my god, this is incredible. I always say because these guys are from like the Seattle, Portland. They always have things to talk about with our guests, like they know. And I'm like, this is it. Finally, someone will know. <laughs> I, yeah, I grew up. I grew up in. I mean, I was five minutes from the from the Pinnacle uh, hiking entrance. That's crazy. Yeah, we're like matter of blocks away. That is wild, man. What my a whole childhood was there. Did you, I assume then you skied at Mansfield? Of course. Yeah. What a small. Wow. Well, the population of Vermont has a population of 17. We got two guys that grew up right next to each other. Yeah, I mean the odds are the odds are definitely in our favor for sure. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's like one of the only golf courses I've played in the U.S. There. Holy cow! Yeah, that is that is definitely. Do you still go back? It. I went back. Uh, I went back two summers ago. Two summers ago for a wedding. The first time I had been back in about five years. So I, I don't go back very often. There or no. My, I don't have any family there anymore, so uh, yeah, so not not a ton of reasons to go back other than to to see some old friends potentially. Is is Picasso still the best pizza place out there, though? Picasso is still the best pizza place. Yes, Happy good call. Pizza. I tell everyone. <laughs> yeah. Is no. there like is there like a rival pizza place or something? Is there or is oh, that man, just it, like there really isn't? There really isn't. They it's, got a monopoly. Uh, They've got, they've monopolized the pizza market and still pie Vermont. in the sky. Oh, pie <laughs> in the sky! You're right. Yeah, and they're they're at, they're gone now. They're yeah, gone. I told you, Picasso ran everyone out of business. They can't hang. <laughs> no, they actually did. They actually did. I mean, I kind of feel bad for the other, but yeah, no, they they put out a better product. So you know what? Survival of the fittest. That's crazy. I could not believe it when you said Stowe, Vermont. I'm like, what are the odds? That's nuts, man. It's one of the smallest cities, I guess, or towns in like the entire U.S. Gotta be, gotta be. Well, Keith, I know you got to run soon. Um, I just want to say again, thank you for coming on. Um, of course. Again, again, you, you do. Everyone got to check him out because he does such a good job of making the golf swing relatable and something you can understand. And you don't find a lot of guys, and you don't see a lot of teachers who are still competing like him. That's like cool to see to see you trying to implement the golf, golf swing and what you're teaching your, to your own swing. Um, that's just a unique perspective that you don't see with a lot of other teachers out there. So thanks, Keith. Well, thanks. Yeah, guys, I appreciate it. Uh, it's been a lot of fun chatting. And, uh, yeah, uh, we'll have to do this again at some point. Again, thanks for running me down, Nolan. I'm glad we can make it work. And, uh, yeah, uh, best of luck to everybody. And uh, I'll have to send you guys some maple syrup at some point. I know uh, – Please do. I know Zach knows what I'm talking about there. Thanks so much, Keith. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Hopefully we'll have you on again soon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, guys. And uh, best of luck, and, and, we'll, and we'll catch up down the road. All right, cool. take care, Keith. Thank you. See you, guys. All right, hopefully you guys enjoyed that podcast. I mean, we learned a lot. We learned a lot there. But let's get to the PJ Tour, as we always do. And we'll get to the WGC this week. There are two tournaments, the WGC, FedEx St. Jude, and then also the Barracuda Championship. But starting with the WGC, I mean, one of the wilder finishes, it seemed like a two-man race, maybe Cam Smith in there, and then it was 
an utter collapse by all three. I feel like Cam Smith's collapse wasn't talked about enough either. He got to like 19 under. And then somehow Sam Burns' answer. And if I told you there would be a three-man playoff with Sam Burns, Abraham Answer, and Hideki Matsuyama at the start of that day, you would have thought I needed to be in an insane asylum. Yeah, dude. I mean, they weren't, they weren't really – no one was talking about them at all. It was, you know, it, it wasn't even on the radar for any three of those guys, really, it felt like. But, hey, I got to be selfish for a second here. Your boy, <laughs> I checked the record. I did pick Abraham Answer to win. I'm so happy I finally got a pick right. Incredible. Uh, Read from the back. Be over. Yeah. Hey, hey, we're gonna get one this week though. We got we got a big pick coming. I hope so. Yeah, and answer, man. Like that dude's got a good career coming for him. Um, another another short guy and doesn't bomb it. Just freaking plays golf really freaking good, and um, he's got a bright career ahead of him. Still young, and he's a fun guy to watch. So good for him. I think he's climbing up the world ranking leaderboard. He might have. He's fringe top 10 right now already like that those wgc's get you a lot of points so a lot, a lot of points yeah 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 crazy i mean yeah an insane event i think matsy was like 500 to one to win but i'm happy for answer right he's someone i always liked him but he was due to win he's just uh his caddy is a fucking legend oh really tell us a little bit uh he's just he's a canadian zach Oh yeah, I think you've told me that. Yeah, and uh, he's just—he's just a fucking legend. Big raspy voice, uh, but fun to be around. Good dude. Happy they—happy they got the dub. Yeah, the Mexican Allen Iverson, one of the greatest nicknames given to him by Pat Mayo. I think that's just yeah. Like, yeah. You know, you no know, answer has his own tequila company down there, right? Does he? Doesn't surprise. Yeah, I don't remember. It's whatever his hat is. I was gonna say it's what his hat is, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember what it's like. Fetcha Azul or something like that. It's got a cool logo. I love it. He also <laughs> has the bad bunny, like or not? I don't know what it is. It's like the bunny with the cross on it for the shirt. Zach, it's just a Playboy bunny. Don't get too excited. <laughs> no, it's not. I wish. It's like a skull bunny mixture. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I, I I need to try his uh, tequila out, man. I have I've always seen it and I'm like, oh I need to try it. But yeah, he has his own tequila down there. I don't know if it's sold up here or whatever, but it's supposed to be pretty good. Yeah, but just an awesome event. I mean, it was nice to see Bryson at the top of the leaderboard after everything with the Olympics and then but then big collapse. But the big story was him with Harris English. And uh I don't know if you saw it all, Nolan, and like Bryson seemed to have been delayed. What's your whole take on it? Do you feel bad for Bryson with all this or keep piling on? Oh, gosh. I don't know. Bryson, I think he said the wrong things. I mean... Would he, you say he's asking for it, Nolan? <laughs> he's asking for it, man. He, Yeah, no doubt. So, he he said something along the lines of, um, I don't want to take the vaccine or something because it could be used on other people. There's no longer a shortage in vaccines. There. People are trying to get rid of them. There's so there's like too many now. So, I mean, if he wants to just be blunt about it and say he doesn't want to get the vaccine for X and Y reason, like that is much more understandably than trying to make up this kind of lame excuse. I don't know. Very lame excuse. I give. I mean, that. The, the, the whole coronavirus thing is just like fucking the presidential election. Yeah. It's, Politics and if two people don't agree on something or two, so it's just like it's it's wild how a a medical thing has become politically driven. But yeah, yeah, it's so true. Yeah, anyway, I think the big thing was it sounded like he kept being slowed down because people like yelling Brooksy and like you start to feel bad because at a certain point they're overdoing it. But it's like, come on, in hockey, in basketball, in football, fans are yelling much worse, and like these guys are playing through it. At a certain point, have like the fourth day. I heard Morikawa on another podcast talking about how like people yelling in his backswing, he, it makes no difference. Like these guys are so dialed in. Yeah. Just play the damn game. Just hit the damn play the game. Who cares what they're yelling? Like the, there's so many. I mean, you, you hear about the terrible things that get said to NBA, NFL players all the time. Like, come on now. You're just exactly. you're making 
you're making golf look even worse by like saying, oh, we're like, we can't handle that. We're yeah, like Giannis we're... was shooting free throws with them having a countdown. Yeah. <laughs> like deal with it. You're getting millions of dollars. <laughs> Harris English too on the same thing. Harris English. He's complaining. Oh, he's being rushed. Like, come on. Some people might be like, oh, Zach's being too hard on the guy. Like that's golf. You have to have proper etiquette. I don't care. You go up and you hit the ball. I'm a big fast golfer. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Like, I don't understand how courses allow five-hour rounds. And PJ Tour, it happened, the P, I think every PJ Tour rounds like around five hours. I'm sure Reed can attest to that. But yeah. it's like me and a buddy were walking the other day, 18 holes. Took us like three hours and 45 minutes. And that we were waiting on some tees. You know, it's not like we're running. We're not doing speed golf. Three hours and 45 minutes. Like easy, I don't know, and I, I right. like to I like to take my time on the greens. Um, yeah, I was I like gonna to say you my, could go way quicker. Yeah, I, I read my putt from both sides typically. Like not every amateur golfer does that. You read your putt so, from both sides. Yeah, it, it helps, man. It helps. That's Tell a hard move to read your putt from both sides. <laughs> that's straight flexing right there. That's, you that's go like the Dustin Johnson. You're like looking at every all four angles. No, 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 two. Yeah, I don't. I don't stand to the side and look at it like DJ does, and he like both sides, and then you do the aim point. <laughs> Sometimes no, no. the biggest the biggest breaker right there is figuring if it's a foot up or a foot down or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, Dude, Zach, if you don't read your putts from all four sides, you're just losing ground to someone else who is. We've already established, though, not a good golfer. I shot a back 943, though, last weekend. Hey, oh. Might have been my best nine. You might be able to beat my girlfriend now. Oh, fuck off. Is she a good golfer? Yeah, she can She can ship it, too, man. She can oh, send better it. Better than you. <laughs> she hit a, last time we played, she, I mean, granted, it was a little bit firm, but she hit, like, a 255-yard drive. Oh, so she'd kill me. <laughs> I would say, oh, but it's like really hot where you are too, isn't it? Like, to be fair, yeah. the hot air, the, the ball goes flying. Everyone knows that. It's, <laughs> it's probably 140, if not for the heat. Yeah. Hey, Zach, uh, should I break the news to the podcast about Caddian? Yeah. I think it Do needs it. to be said, at least for now, I have uh, stepped away from, from caddying. Uh, there's a couple things that I've got my eye on that I uh, might be able to announce here in the next few weeks, but we'll leave it at that. Uh, it was a good time coming, good run. Uh, I'm never saying, you know, not saying I won't ever be back, but for right now, I'm uh, going to spend some time at home with uh, everyone here and do a couple things that might, like I said, might be announced here in a couple weeks, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, well, I mean, it was a great run. You- you did. You had a couple of years there on the big tour in the big league. That's all you could ask for. Like, must have been a dream come true for you. I don't know if you thought you'd make it to the PGA Tour when you first started caddying. I mean, it's it's so hard whether you're playing or caddying. But, you know, I'm not ever counting about, you know, the right offer and the right timing or whatever, you know. Could be out there again soon in, their, in a year, in three years, or in ten years. Who knows, man. But, uh, yeah, traveling every week especially today's day and age overseas and stuff is brutal yeah tough to deal with don't blame you one bit you got great great things ahead of you i'm sure so yeah yeah it was fun always every week we'll be with you boys though yeah for sure. i love it i mean it doesn't make a difference for us. like it's it's a grind for sure caddying and i feel like yeah. it's just like waiting wait for the opportunity all that if you have a better opportunity yeah. back home why not take it you're a settled yeah. down man now reed Hey, hey, we got dogs. We got a cat. Well, I mean, I got, I got a good woman. 255-yard drives, allegedly. I mean, uh, you know, we're, we're just going to walk gonna, away from it. <laughs> and and if, if, what, if what's planned goes to plan, it could be pretty cool. So more to come on that. Hey guys, before before we get to the Wyndham and picks and everything, I wanted to talk about Matchstick Matchstick Golf real quick. They're custom designer uh, golf ball markers here in Portland, Oregon. Uh, I got to give them a quick shout out. Um, if you're sick and tired of those like giant heavy poker chip markers, um, if you're sick and tired of the custom like hundreds of dollar 
you'd be surprised. There are ball markers that you can buy for hundreds of dollars on eBay. Um, These, these are, if you're sick of all that, these are for you. Uh, They make crazy, you know, fun golf ball markers. Check them out at matchthegolf.com. Sorry about that. Um, They've got like this one-eyed alligator from like Happy Gilmore. It's pretty great. They got a stack of cash when you're rolling, putting the dough. Um, making birdies uh, and right now they're offering 10% off your order um, use the code back 10 uh, b-a-c-k 10 on matchstickgolf.com uh, check them out guys um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get some of my own and uh, share it to the world and uh, don't forget set fire to the greens love it well with that as you said this week the Wyndham Championship Reed I think you've been to the Wyndham yeah, yeah, we played well there last year, Mark and I. Uh, we had it going for a little while. I think we finished like, I want to say like. 15th. Was it 15th? 15th. Yeah, I think I was going to say, I think we made a decent decent check there and decent points. But uh, we were actually playing with um, Jim Herman that oh, Sunday. Yeah. He went off and won. I think he shot like 63 or something yeah, the final. 61-63 on the weekend to win. And I think, uh, no, you know what? We played with him on Saturday it was. Um, anyhow, one. I think he shot like 29 or 28 on the back nine or something like that. Crazy. So what's your, what's your thoughts on the course? Who does it help? Who does it suit? It seems like it, length doesn't matter too much. No, no. Yeah, it's a pretty – not really. I mean, it's not long. It's not short, obviously, but it's a golf course where your length really doesn't benefit you that much. You need to hit the fairways and you put it in good spots. Um, everyone's going to have mid irons and short irons in. Um, yeah, it's not overly long. That being said, I like a guy who bombs it or hits it a good ways, I should say. Um, just because I think there's a couple holes and par fives and couple par threes where having a shorter club in is going to benefit you. Um, let's say hole 12, kind of a downhill par three, really long. They can make it pretty long. And then pins, a couple pins go back up on the back shelf there. It's hard to get to with a you know, longer, longer club, and you're going to leave yourself with 30, 40, 50 feet straight up the screen. That's pretty slow. So, um, But I'm taking a guy that's uh, been close recently. Well, more like the spring, um, younger guy, Taylor Gooch. I think he's, he's primed to break out. I think this is a tournament that people do break out in. I mean, look at the past. You've got Jim Herman. You've got JT Poston. Um, just some names that you don't hear of a whole lot winning. They tend to break out here. I love it. I, Taylor Gooch is going to win. Not to put anything against Taylor Gooch, but this is why you don't get picks right. <laughs> this is it. I thought you were going to say someone else. I'm like, that's pretty bold, and it's going to be my pick now. But, Nolan, I'll let you make yours. Okay. All right. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously not a super strong field. I think Patrick Reed today um, announced he's not playing anymore. I don't – I Correct. think he's got some, some sort of – has he got an injury? or Not sure the deal. Yeah, not sure what's going on with Patrick Reed. Who knows whatever's going on with him at any given moment. Um, and the, yeah, so it's kind of a wide open field. Um, and I'm going to stick with who one of my picks was last week. And I'm going to go again with Tommy Fleetwood, um, and try to pick up his first U S soil when Reed, Reed Martin is shaking his head at me. Like, no, yeah. <laughs> Tommy Fleetwood now might be the worst pick in the world. We're just going to keep <laughs> hammering Fleetwood until he wins. This is why hey, I get picks right, though. But Reed, you remember I picked Hunter Mayhem before. <laughs> I mean, that's like you might as well pick someone who wasn't even like that. Is true. Sponsors that played in the pro am. There's got to be hundreds of videos out there of golf picks, daily fantasy betting, just talking golf. I am willing to bet that not one <laughs> Hunter Mayhem ever in the since podcasting has been a thing. Hunter Mayhem hasn't been picked. If it if he would have hit, it would have been a genius. Not talked about enough. Not <laughs> but, but I mean, picking Hunter Mayhem—that's like picking the the run to the litter right there. <laughs> yeah, or a different litter. I don't know. 
Zach, who you got? Uh, so my pick, I thought it was actually who Reed was going to pick here. Sort of similar, hits it far. Hadn't been playing such good golf recently, but he's had some good rounds. He's mixed it in. Not the biggest blow-ups. Matthew Wolf, 45 to 1. Not going to happen. Oh, no. <laughs> I like it. Reed gets on to, off tour now. He's just firing. Well, yeah. It's not going to happen. It's just a – that guy is so mentally fucked right now as far as, like – I thought so, but he's, he's starting to turn it around. I feel like he's had a couple good rounds. He was on PJ Tour Live. He got to watch his full round. And Zach, but but put it put it in this perspective. He gets to a Sunday. Say he gets to a Sunday where he's in the final group of the last couple of groups. All that stuff that's happened creeps back in. It, it, it takes time to put yourself there uh, a few to get it done. Matthew Wolf, Matthew Wolf is he's a great player, but – it's just it's going to take some time for him to get back into the swing of it, I think. The guy we got to talk about, though, for this tournament is 5 for 5 making cuts, 10 to 1. Webb Simpson, his last four times here, yep. has two third-place finishes and two yep. second-place finishes. The guy, favorite. If you don't play him on DraftKings, you're stupid. I'm not going to end up playing him. I'm such a sucker. Dude, you have to. How do you, how do you not with that record, though? Reed, I also don't play Louis Oosthuizen during the majors. <laughs> well, you're an idiot. I know. <laughs> this is nothing new to me. You play Hideki Matsuyama when he plays once every five weeks. And then I had the other three guys miss the cut. I'm the guy with Hideki and the major Masters and still don't win money. Wow, pathetic. It is pathetic. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know. I got to figure something out. Maybe I will play. If he's not going to be like 100% owned, like if everyone else plays him, he can't finish top three five years in a row. Think about that. That's sound logic. No, he can't. He absolutely can because he's, he's a great wedge player and a, and a fucking great driver of the golf ball accuracy-wise. I'm going to say it now. I'm guaranteeing it. Not a third top three finish. Not happening. Oh. Wow. Not what about top happen. five? No. <laughs> he might miss the cut. Top three is coming. He could miss the cut. Where's yeah, the yeah, long shots you guys know like? The old saying, horses for courses. Yeah, I, I wonder what his odds are for missing the cut. A fucking a billion to one? <laughs> no, probably six to one, I'd say. No way. Yeah. No for way. For missing the cut? Oh, I guess not. Maybe 10 to one. Probably like 50 to one. No. 30 or 40 to one. No, and I'll give you 50 to one all day on him missing the cut. All 50 to one. Uh, well, you know what? The long shot I'm well either. <laughs> the long shot I'm taking, yeah, he's not playing that great, but he's Webb Simpson. This is a Webb Simpson course. He's he's making the cut. <laughs> Anyways, the long long shot I'm taking, which I think there's a lot of good value in some of these longer shot guys on um, at the Wyndham. There's a lot of you know decent guys who could easily have a great week and pull ahead and. Uh, I'm going Dylan Fratelli for my long shot at 100 to one. Taking the South African. Yeah, he's he's a great great player, man. And 100 to one is way steep. Like, uh, yeah, I agree with that. Guys, guys has, like him, I feel like 100 to one, you just have to take it. If he has the right glasses on, he <laughs> might get the job done. Like Ricky. That's right. What about you, Reed? Long shot? I mean, fuck, I already gave you a long shot with Gooch. Yeah, That's true. exactly. <laughs> yeah, just pick uh, someone else you like. <laughs> no, all right. I mean, another guy I was kind of looking at uh, that doesn't really hit it a long way that won last year, uh, 20, uh, 2020, before all the COVID shit happened in uh, California at, in Palm Springs, Andrew Landry. I think That's Andrew like Landry. A good kind of guy who hasn't broken out in a while. Again, I said this golf course is great for people to break out. That's a terrible pick, Reed. <laughs> I don't mean to be rude, but that's such you a – You guys are just going at it today. I love it. <laughs> that is – Andrew Landry might be as bad as Hunter Mayhem. I feel like guy fucking, just like – The guy's going to be exempt like on the PGA Tour for the next two and a half years. How is he that bad? That's a good point. So is Adam Long, though. Zach, Zach doesn't seem great value in the pick. That's why. No, <laughs> terrible value. 
terrible. Great, value. great value on DraftKings. No, just awful value in the pick. That's that's what I have to say to that. Well, Let me go. Andrew, Andrew Landry is going to win. I'm going to come back and I'm going to take a huge dump and put it in a sack and have it on the on, Andrew on the, Landry, four hundred to one. I mean, come on, Reed. You asked. You asked for a long shot. We're trying to ask for a long shot. I gave you a long shot. You two make a mockery out of the picks. Wait, I didn't even realize he's four hundred to one. He should be four thousand to one. <laughs> I'll give you a guy hundred to one. Here, who could guess it right? He's a guest of the podcast. Who do you think it is? A hundred to one. Hundred to one. Friend Ryan, Ryan Armor. Got it. Yeah. Four That's straight shots at this event. Two top tens, a fourth, eighth, twenty-second, twenty-fifth. His last four times here. He's like a mini Webb Simpson. He literally is. Here's a question for you guys. If you go in to the FedEx Cup standings right now, right? This is the last week for people to get inside. The and top look who's close. Top 125. Well, let's just look at guys who are outside of it. Scott Piercy's 126. Nate Lashley's 127. Oh he, still has, he still has status because he won last year, though. If you and I think – and Piercy won, too. But, like, Fowler, Roger Sloan, Cameron Percy, Austin Cook, Tommy Fleetwood. I Justin mean, if you me to take Scott Piercy. Mark Hubbard, 143 on the FedEx Cup. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, just got, you just got guys that you never thought would ever you know, be contending losing their card. So I've got to ask this. If Hubbard doesn't do well this week, does he go back to the Corn Ferry Tour? He goes back to the Corn Ferry Tour Finals. And how does it work there? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure 125 or 126 to 175 or something like that on the PGA Tour FedEx Cup points. They don't make the playoffs. Go back to um, the Corn Ferry Tour Finals. That's barring having they like. There's some guys that won last year that are like 128th on the list. You know what I mean? Well, Rose has got to have some sort of exemptions, right? Yeah, I mean, there's, there, there's, there's players that finish 130th, 140th that have won two years ago that are exempt because but, it's a three-year exemption. But Fowler might be on the – he might have to go to the finals soon. I don't I, – yeah, so, I, I think he has like – well, when did he win the players? 2015 or something? Oh, yeah, so I guess you're – I think it's a five-year exemption for the players. I think it's a five-year exemption for players. But So, anyhow, they take those 50 – to the Corn Ferry Tour Finals, and they take the top 75 that make the playoffs from the, um, from the Corn Ferry Tour regular season. And there's four events, I think, again this year. There might be only be three. There's either three or four. They've been changing over the past few years. Um, and they give out 25 more cards just for those events, for the playoff events. Powers uh, so. for sure in, though. It's all-time money list, too. He would be good. Gotcha, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's just some players, like, I mean, that you would never thought. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look crazy. at – I like look that at, to take guys who uh, you're not sure, like, who are right on the line. Right. But if you convince me to take Scott Piercy this week, Reed, I mean, my God. Gonna, gonna Scott Piercy. Going to do it to myself. Uh, that's exactly what's going to happen. But do we have anything else on this? So, so you think the short guys, it seems very well suited. I mean, guys like Hubbard, Armour, Webb Simpson are doing well here. They're not the bombers. It does, you don't need to hit it a mile. I mean, it's really not. It's more of a place than the golf course. There's, like I, there's a couple par fives where you can hit it down there and have a shorter club in. But you One hit guy a good also, time. like Charles Schwartzel, has just been playing great golf recently every single week. And I feel like he just flies into the radar. That's a DraftKings pick. That's a pick I'm locking in. Locking it in. You heard tell, it here first. Tell him to wear a, a pink cowboy hat this week. I mean, pink cowboy hat? What's up with that? You know those big straw hats he's been wearing? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's true, yeah. He needs some, he needs some more flavor. Yeah, exactly. Fucking All right, well, some- last topic of discussion, though. We got to talk about the women's Olympic golf. Nelly Korda, best player in the world, major champion, number one, Olympic champion, I mean, she's just putting on a clinic. Putting on a clinic. I mean, 
Keith said it. He loves her swing the most. I mean, she she got challenged on Sunday, that's for sure. Yeah. But, I mean, We're- Nellie Corder, way to hold it down for the U.S. We needed her gold medal. Sorry, sorry, Canada. Sorry, <laughs> Zach. I thought we had it. We needed her gold medal to win the gold medal count over China. We got 39. They had 38. I so. thought Brooke Henderson was going to win. Not, like, I'm saying, like, months ago. Yeah. No, I thought, I thought she had a good shot, too. But. And then, other big story. This Aditi Ashok from India was, like, the story of the tournament. Just out of nowhere, she was hitting. I think her average drive was, like, 230. And I think yeah. on her, like, Thursday, she missed, like, the first nine fairways in a row and still went three under. Like, she was just finding her way out every single time. We were yeah. hitting balls next to her in France at the Evian. Oh, that's cool. She's been around. She's been around the LPGA all season. I think maybe even last season, but she just hasn't really made a name for herself. Younger, younger girl. Yeah. Uh, her dad. I'm pretty sure it's her dad goes with her everywhere. Um, but, and I think she's in the neighborhood of uh, wearing two gloves. I think she wears two gloves as well. That's weird, man. I don't know about that. I can't get on board. <laughs> The there's there's a lot of two gloves there's, there's a good number of girls that I wouldn't. Good number of them that putt with a glove on. Well, even worse, even worse. Yeah, <laughs> Lexi Thompson does it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Tommy two gloves. He wears two gloves. <laughs> We're not talking about Tommy two gloves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's two gloves. There's a lot of storylines for two gloves. We could have our own separate pod- podcast. Hey, we should try to get them on, have two gloves on, have a two-glove conversation. I mean, that podcast would blow up. Whatever happened with that? He's still golfing. Eh? He, never, he never got sent to the clink. No, he's still playing. He's still mm-hmm. running his prostitution ring, nice and happy. <laughs> no problems here. But let's end things off as we always do. We've We've ran this podcast pretty long. I, this was a great one. I feel like we got a good interview in, got some good golf talk. We got some awful picks, just not mine. Just terrible. But, I mean, let's just recap that someone picked Andrew Andrew to win this. If he wins this podcast, say As a long shot, as a long shot. I legally can't say the things I would do if he wins this golf tournament. Hey, all I know is Taylor Gooch – Took fifteen hundred dollars off Hubbard last year in the practice round of this this golf course. Oh, really? <laughs> little little insider there. This guy likes to make birdies at this golf course. Yeah, I mean, Gooch is a Gooch is a huge birdie maker. Yeah, he fires sure. at pins. Uh, let's end it though. Reed, you got any good geography fact for us? From Winston Salem uh, in Greensboro, North Carolina, I do. I thought you were just gonna. No, I got nothing. No. Uh. Yeah, it's kind of basic, but it's kind of cool. Uh, Winston-Salem, High Point in Greensboro. The tournament's in Greensboro, North Carolina. All cities in North Carolina are called the what? Winston-Salem, High Point, and Greensboro are called A, the trio, B, the triplets, C, the triangle, or D, the triad. The triad. You wouldn't make that. Dang it, Zach. That's a... That's why I guessed quick before you had the chance. Well, okay. I'm going to go – dang, man. I have to go to triad. I just feel so oh, strongly about it. You, oh. I wish I could say you guys were wrong, but oh, you guys no. – See, you, you couldn't peer pressure me out of it, Zach. That's the second time you've guessed the same as me, and it was right. I, that was my thing right away. I was like, ooh, triad. And then you said it, and I'm like, No, oh. you weren't good at this geography stuff back in the day, and I feel like you're on a bit of a heater here. I'm, on a, I'm heating up. I feel like you've got several in a row right. As the mom uh, players would say, I'm heating up. The questions are only getting harder. Yeah, well, not for Nolan. I'll tell you no, what, no, that was, that was a hard I'm going to pull out, like, where, where are they at next week? Where's the tournament next week? I go week. Is it? Is it the Northern Trust and is it Liberty? Is it Boston? Is it Boston next week? It's yeah, it's either Boston or Liberty National or I don't know. Oh, it might be at Liberty National. You're right. It might be. Uh yeah, so I'll pull out some some fucking fact about New York about how many exact rats are in the city or some bullshit. That's what I like to hear. That's the effort yeah. we need for this podcast. Well, well guys. Some- 
Yeah, I got a pretty uh, pretty cool Tiger stat this week. Not really sure why. I just like it. It just shows his utter dominance, as always. You know, we loved it. We love to just envy how amazing this guy was. Um, so, we, of course, we all know the Tiger Slam. We all know that he won the 2000 U.S. Open, 2000 British Open, 2000 PGA Championship, and then swung around and won the 2001 Masters. Um, during that stretch – he was a remarkable 86 shots better than the next best player in those four fields. Just absolutely smoked him. He um, was beat. shots better? 86 shots better than the second best player from those four tournaments. That's absurd. Absurd. That's crazy. Yeah. That's nuts. Well, Fellas, happy to leave it at that. Great show this week. We're going to be back next week. By the way, yeah, forgot to mention, Taylor Pendrith just has the course record at my local club. They just randomly put up the sign. The old course record was a 65, and then he shot a 62 on both Thursday and Friday of the Corn Ferry Tour event here. <laughs> oh, dang. Slacked wow. it. Just dominated it. But wow. he'll be on tour. But see you guys next week, and thanks, everyone, for listening to the From the Back Peaks podcast.